Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your Oyster Ninja. Um, today I got a excellent interview lined up for us. Um, a bit of something new. Um, so I'm interviewing an artist, and uh, she has some very, uh, some may say provocative, some may say interesting um, artworks. Um, but you decide. That's the beauty of it all, right? Um, I just wanted to hop on here before my guest gets here and say thank you guys. Um, I also want to say to all my new listeners, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast on your listening platform, please consider subscribing. Um, after you listen to this episode, please consider leaving a review. That really helps us um, to gain more listeners. And I'm definitely trying to grow this uh, podcast. Um and also, I want to—I haven't did this in a while, but uh, if you want to reach out to me, if you want to hear from somebody specific in your community, um, reach out to me. My email is oysterninjapc at gmail.com. Had to think about it, even though I use that email every day. Um, so I hope you enjoy this show. As you can tell, I um, have sponsors now, um, Oyster Recovery, which you just heard, and Pescovore, and uh, that's going great. If you want to be a sponsor, you can sponsor for a quarter, which is a few shows, or you can sponsor for the whole year if you want to just sponsor one episode. If you just want to donate and help, um, you can also just donate money. Um, you can... Do Cash App or Venmo. It's uh, Shuck Daddy, S-H-U-C-K-D-A-D-D-Y, Shuck Daddy. And um, if you donate to me, I'll give you a shout out. Um, I'm shouting you out anyway. I'm loving y'all. Um, the podcast numbers are still growing slowly, but surely. But, you know, I'm loving it. Like, if I can go week to week and I'm still seeing growth, I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode and peace, love, and shuck on. Yo, 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 what is going on, good people? Um, it's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. I'm here today with Miss Kitty Sopo, um, an artist up in the great state of Alaska. What's going on, Kitty? Hey, it's going hey. really good today. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. For sure, for sure. Um, first of all, let's just let's let's go straight to it. What is it that you do? What it, like? What do you? What is it that you do? I give thanks, and I try to eat healthy. And I recently got into pickleball. Um, I struggle with my mental health, and I um, do a lot of coping mechanisms. And one of those is this art stuff that I have been, I don't know, building since I was like in the first grade kindergarten. And it kind of evolved into this like cute little sticker business <laughs> of like nautical and naughty, um, play on words, fishing, aesthetics. And I think that's how we got introduced to each other was our love of the ocean, right? Is, is, exactly. Um, I'm not sure if it was a post. I'm not, I do a lot of scrolling, um, oh, just to be honest. And, but I'm glad you came across my page. Um, I just want to let you know, this podcast probably will be called Nautical and Naughty. I love that. Um, if you don't already have that, um, what if we, wait, 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 may I interrupt? Yes. What if we did a, what if we called it naughty, nautical? I'm with it. Okay. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. Um, on the dock, she's magical. Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> Bars. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so I was scrolling on IG and I saw one of your pictures, uh, one of your uh, naughty pictures. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. that's not 
I gotta watch the way I say things. I saw one of your naughty stickers, um, one of your naughty artworks, uh, and I was like, "Yo, this is different. This hey. is crazy, but it's different." Hey. Um, I like it. So I was like, "Well, let me see what else she has." Or I didn't know it was that she had. So I was like, "Let me see what else you know this person has." And I just started scrolling. I was like, "Yo, she really got something going on here." Um, so how? All right. So um, how did you get to the type of artwork like that you're at now like where did you start at like because you obviously have skills first of all let's put that out there you have great skills um you are an artist um like I said earlier I was looking at your uh page and I saw some of the artwork you did the paintings you did um so let's just talk about like how'd you even get into art uh, I know you said like now it's a coping mechanism but how long have you been in this field Thank you for asking. I've been dying to tell this story publicly. The first time I recognized that I was different was in kindergarten. On the first day of school, we had to do a self-portrait. Spoiler alert, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, we did another one. And it was kind of like, a showcase for our school about kindergarten development. Okay. On the first day, I drew what I considered like the work of my life. Okay. I had hair, I had eyes, I had a nose that had like, um, it was kind of like an acute angle to it, you know? I had a smile, I had arms, legs, hands, feet. These kids in my class, okay? I'm not sure what they were doing, but it was not what I was doing. I remember seeing a kid drew a circle with sticks and lines coming out for the arms and the feet. And I had never seen that before. And I remember being really taken aback at this stark difference, okay? And I guess, Looking back, hindsight is 2020. I guess I had been practice drawing since I could hold a pencil or a crayon. You know, I don't recall anything prior to that moment, except I even remember the kid's name. I'm not going to say it because um, I obviously haven't seen him since like senior year of high school, but I, I noticed that it was different. And then when I got into first grade, I did that after school program called like Girl Scouts or Brownies or something, something similar like that. And I was, we were like drawing on paper and I was literally drawing like butts, like human buttocks. But I was doing it in a way that if my teacher said anything, I could say, these are hills, this is a mountain. And then the other kids in my class started asking like what I was doing and I was like, shh don't tell the teacher, but like, this is a butt, you know? And then I got all the girls in my after school group drawn butts and mountains. And I just remember like laughing hysterically and having so much fun. And, um, you know, I think I, my name is Kitty. Because of that, there's a certain demographic of human that when I interact with, makes a sexual joke about my name. And I don't know when that started. It has just always been the case. And so I've been sexualized from a very young age. And I think because of that, I was drawing and acknowledging my body, um, maybe younger than some of my other classmates. And I just became totally obsessed like with sexualization of items, you know, I remember looking at a pen being like embarrassed about it. Okay. Like it, it never got in the way of like my life, you know, it wasn't like an addiction by any means, but it was very much like I was embarrassed to like hold a pen because it was kind of, it kind of looked like a tampon. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And no, I was even... Yeah. yeah, I was afraid to say the word woman. I was so nervous to say that word because it meant maybe I was entering into a new phase of existence that I was 
not ready for, but being pushed into. And so that's honestly like how I got started doing like erotica. I was in first grade. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't and think so, the listeners were ready. And then, excuse me? I said, I don't think the listeners were ready for that. No, no, I'm a Gemini, honey. Brace yourself. And I'm born Ooh, for the theater. That's what it yeah. is. I'm a Gemini yeah. too. Oh, hey, hey. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah. And then um, I think I just kept, I just kept drawing, drawing, drawing. And my auntie, she is a portrait painter. And so I, I grew up experiencing that as a very common aspect of career path. I modeled for her, um, you know, I sat for hours for her and she was very influential in my um, experience of how to try new things, where to get information. And so the show that you're referencing on my IG was predominantly, if I remember correctly, it might've been 100% all portrait work. Yeah, it was, it was uh, all portrait. And you even uh like finished one like right in like the 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 mix it was sped up but you know you finished yeah going over it and that was cool I think yeah. it Prince or Jimi Hendrix or something like yeah that. it was Jimi Hendrix yeah for sure yeah so that's very interesting so where where do you go from first grade to then you're um you know modeling for your aunt and what was your next like breakthrough like you know what I think I can do this. I think what happened, if I remember correctly, um, my first art show, I was living in a medium-sized town called Sitka, Alaska. I had just moved there. They have a community-wide art walk. It's very adorable, okay? It's something you would see in Gilmore Girls, some kind of like heartwarming community event okay it makes you want to vomit it's so cute anyone who's anybody can hang a painting up or a drawing up or a sculpture anything they want and the whole town like comes in solidarity and like supportive and supports their friends and neighbors school kids age do it you know elders do it everybody so I I just put up I don't know a thing I I drew like on a piece of cardboard and um, I really have no other recollection other than uh, my friend Nora, who invited me to showcase my things like in her massage studio, said, oh, people liked your stuff. I was like, what? Cool. All right, whatever. Then I had this idea that I wanted to reinvent what St. Louis, that's where I'm from, St. Louis, Missouri. They have a naughty bra an erotic art shop, excuse me, an, er an erotic art show during Mardi Gras season. And so when I was in Sitka, I decided to do a curious night of mediocre, mediocre erotica. And that was the first time I curated an event. And it was community-wide. Anybody who wanted to submit something could. It was, I said it was juried, so it didn't have everybody submitting pieces, but if you submitted one, it was accepted, and it was just a wonderful night. Actually, my friends, we ordered, like, hundreds of oysters, and we had chocolate-covered strawberries. It was on Valentine's Day, um, and I had so much fun that I kept trying to experiment with ways to put myself out there and almost do more of the hosting side of things. Ended up having another friend who has her MFA in fine art, you know, um, in mu like mural painting. And she came to my mediocre night and one of my pieces a friend of mine said was too vulgar. So I hung it in the bathroom and she comes out and she says, why is this piece in the bathroom? I said, oh, it's, it's a full on view of a labia. All right. 
And she said, this is the best piece here. This has historic context of um, Eve's Klein. And I think you are missing an opportunity to explore this. So the two of us created an art collective with a couple other gals in Sitka and we called it the Anana Collective. And we created an Eve's Klein experience. And um, Eve's Klein is a man who, whose most famous work in my uneducated opinion was that he was painting very thin, traditionally beautiful models of the 60s, covering them with paint and creating art of their bodies as a stamp in like the most generic sense of the explanation. And we did that, however, a friend of mine who was like really experiencing some post, what's that called when you have a child? Postpartum. Postpartum, yeah. Yes, thank you. So postpartum um, related issues to her body you know, she was able to explore like the way her labia looks now versus prior to her childbirth. And we got to come together as like a unit and just celebrate each other and our beauty and how different we all are. We all like pressed our nipples and our labias and just discussed how they look so natural and beautiful. And we decided to like really celebrate that we are not the shaped women that was used in this historical piece. And after that, it was on, you couldn't stop me. I mean, I was just chasing that high that I had gotten with my friends that night. You know, I was recently discussing divorce of my legally wedded husband my friend who was experiencing postpartum was experiencing something similar. Another gal that was there, you know, we just all were able to really create a night where we had control over our lives and the way people were experiencing us. And that was the first time I really witnessed that kind of power of myself. It sounds very and liberating. I was hooked. Oh my God. I was hooked. Right. And art is liberating, right? So like, mm -hmm. it, oh man. That, it you couldn't awesome. stop me. Nobody could. Like right. I went. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's jump forward. Um, because you, you did the portraits and, um, yeah. so how'd you get to how I found you the stickers? Like what made okay. you want to jump into this room? Um, you know, it's, it's actually hard for me to tell this story because I'm, I'm going to cry and I'm going to You gonna don't have to. That. I don't want to no, make you cry. No, I think crying is great. Um, I have, I am experiencing a change in a relationship. Someone that I am incredibly in love with, who is just a friend, um, but a special kind of person in my life. She said, Kitty, you are so artistic. Make some fucking stickers. I said, that is stupid. No, I don't have time for that. She said, no, people love stickers. I said, who? And she opened up her mom's um, kitchen drawer and she, her mom had a giant bag full of stickers. And they were all like fishing themed. And she said, look at all this garbage my mom buys. And I said, oh, she said, how about this? I'll give you a list of all the stickers that we've been looking for and we can't find. You make them, we'll buy them. So you'll have your first order and see what happens. And so I did, I made about 20 designs. They sold out immediately. I ordered more, they sold out immediately. And that's when I realized people, want to buy art it's just so out of reach it's so classist it's so elitist stickers are something that everyone enjoys and it's art for your water bottle it's art to identify yourself it's art that's five dollars so would you say do you limit yours because i was just thinking in my head all right so if picasso had a sticker he would have sold more stickers but then everybody would have had it um so 
do you control how many stickers you put out? Uh, if I like the design, I keep selling it. If I stop liking it, I stop selling it. Period. Too easy. <laughs> yeah. Too easy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. cool. Or maybe I'll get tight. You know, like I said, I, I've been thinking about doing like you said, like you asked the limited run. But uh, even then, I'm like, eh, I don't want to keep track. I don't want to be like, oh, I can't possibly sell more of that. I'm trying to have these only a limited number in existence. Like, bitch, right. if you want the sticker, get the sticker. I, right. That's it. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going off topic right now. But did you ever think of the, what are they called? It? What are they, NF, NFTs? Mm. You ever oh, go my down God. That, you ever go down that route? Yes. I didn't know what I was doing. I am so not embarrassed because I'm also like a comedian at heart. So this was incredible content for me. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Listen, if anyone out there knows how to delete an NFT from existence, let me know. I, I thought Oh, OnlyFans, I'm going to make more money than OnlyFans. I made an NFT of my top half. My face was not in it, but it is my top half. And I put it for sale. Right. And right. Then I was like, wait, this is stupid. I got to take this down. And it turns out you can't take those down. Ooh. So, so I think I have not made a mistake you know kim kardashian did a fantastic job profiting off of what we once thought was a mistake now we're thinking was maybe like an incredible scheme not mm -hmm. quite sure where that lies today um yeah i tried i need i i need an advisor i need a pr person before i go down that road again <laughs> oh that's funny it's not funny but it is funny um, it's mortifying <laughs> uh i definitely don't know anything about it but i i just wonder since you're in the art lane i was like well i i think nfts are like etsy but like you sell the copyright so like if i wanted to draw you know like an organization an image for a logo let's say they could purchase it as an nft and therefore if they were to ever sell their company they still own the rights to the logo. It's not the company, or I don't quite know how that works, but they could resell the logo and I would still get money from it. Like, I think it's a copyright thing. You get the, you get some royalties off of it. Yeah, royalties, that's it, that's it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what's up. Um, well, thank you for, well, thank me for going off topic because now, um, all right, where are we at? So uh, we were in uh, elementary school and we're drawing mountain butts. Yeah. And then we're joking with all the other girls and now they're yeah. um, drawing mountain butts. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we get inspired with our aunt and we're doing portraits. Um, and then we're going to, um, we're hosting art events. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing stickers um we get inspired by our stickers and now we do nfts but we made a mistake we made a mistake um so let me so how do you how do you get inspired for your stickers because or can you just talk about like your maybe two or three popular ones that everybody uh goes crazy over i just want to if you could just describe it for the listening audience um for the video i'm gonna try and pop something on the screen I am going to try my best to describe it. I think the first rollout, which were all nautical or wildlife inspired, were a list of items that my friend said, I've been wanting to buy these stickers. I can't find them. Can you make these? And one of them was a glass ball. Now, for those of you who don't know, a glass ball is a floating sphere. Um, they come in a range of different sizes, maybe between two inches to four inches. And I think traditionally they were used and perhaps still are, I'm ignorant on this, 
as buoys for the Japanese fishing fleet um, used to hold the gill nets up. And those, you know, break off or get lost at sea and they wash up on shore. And if you find a glass ball on the beach, that is ultimate, like, beach coming. Like, if you're able to get one of those with the net on it, like the rope twine on it still, ooh, no one can stop you, okay? And so I made one, like, of that. And, and oh, man, the world just loved it. It was a really beautiful color blue. You know, the twine was on it. Most people, if they're on the coast, identify with that feeling of trying to find that glass ball. And it's a three-inch in diameter, so it fits on your phone. It fits on basically anything because of the size. And um, when I started recognizing how serious people were about their stickers, I started getting inspiration from what else are people doing with fishing? My experience as in my career, I'm an anthropologist and I've always worked with um, small vessel operators, fishing um, specifically, and commercial fishers, subsistence fishers, sport fishers, um, charter. Uh, so I had a little bit more experience knowing like what we're using. So I started venturing into rubber boots, VHF radios, a honey bucket, um, a wheel, an anchor, blah, blah, blah. And then I got into, you know, the, the faces of the fishermen, you know, I was doing like portrait stickers and those didn't sell well. And I said, all right, gotcha, something else. Turns out people don't want us to, people don't want to buy a picture of an older gentleman, okay? You know what they wanna buy? Hot babes. You know who can do anything? Hot babes. That's correct. <laughs> and yeah, so then I, then I just drew like the, the pinup style fishing person holding vintage style, holding fish. I took some iconic women that were um, celebrated, you know, by society at large and added fish to their poses. Um, and then I started, listen, you know, I listening to and seeing like what people were buying and kind of shifting towards what I think they would buy versus what I would put on my things kind of situation have it surprised you like like far as like you put something out and I know as a creative um we think everything that we put out is gonna you know hit the hit the ground and run um but have any any of those uh, artwork stickers um surprised like dang that really did well yeah I didn't know people liked puffins I had no idea. I've sold more puffins than any of my naughty stuff. Whoever is marketing puffins has done a fantastic job. No one bought my polar bear stickers. Okay. Polar bear is the face of climate change. <laughs> it really Turns is. Turns out no one cares about them. Not uh, one. Okay. That says a lot about <laughs> climate change. But puffins, the world has united. I'm shocked. I don't get it. I don't. I made a puffin. Turns out it was a hit. I stopped ordering after I sold a thousand of them. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. I want to redo the puffin. That's mm -hmm. crazy. So, I mean, jokingly, you, you talked about marketing puffins, but how do you even market your stickers? Like, do people, do you think people are just like, oh, I want a puffin sticker? and Google that, or like, how do people find you? How do they find your artwork? Um, how do you market your artwork? I think I do two different things and I'm not sure which is the one that's working. One, I do Instagram and it just kind of started taking off one day. I was like, at my parents' house. And I said to my stepmom and my dad, I said, oh, I, I got like 50 followers today. They're like, what? They, they have like no idea what Instagram is. 
They're like, great, good kitty. And then I, I was home for like two weeks, okay? And then the next day I was like, you guys, I got like another 30 followers today. And then it, it like spiraled like that for maybe a week and a half where I gained like, I wanna say maybe three or 400, like while I was home. And then I have a website that's linked to my Instagram. And so I told my dad, I said, well, dad, this is how much money I made in sales from my website since I've gained all these followers. And then he was like, oh, damn, Instagram makes money. I said, yeah, it's like, it's a shopping network. So then all of a sudden they started caring and <laughs> been real thrilled for me. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, so the, and I don't know how Instagram works. I know it's an algorithm. I know what right. the algorithm word means. All right. Other than that, I could care less. But the other thing I do is I travel for work regularly. Um, and by travel, I mean, I could even just go into a gas station, okay? I could go to the post office, go to a school, university, give a talk, give a presentation. And whatever community I'm going to, I make a sticker that I think would go over really well. So if I'm going to a community that is celebrated for whaling, I'll make a bowhead whale sticker. And I went to the university and I just gave them out, you know, like, cause why not? It's the easy way to make friends. Yeah. People love stickers. They're giving me a ton of information and knowledge. And I always want to give back more than I take. So I started just doing that with the stickers and, um, it's really fun to be like yelled at on the street. Hey, sticker girl. Hey, are you the sticker girl? And it's, like so heartwarming I swear half the people I interact with don't know my actual name <laughs> they're just like are you the sticker girl <laughs> that sounds um, like a familiar story yeah and so are you the oyster guy <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah exactly yep that's me. yeah and, and it's fun and, and I think that word of mouth um that connection that I'm building with people face to face um statistically is probably a stronger relationship but I don't know how quickly they're sharing my Instagram or my website and that's how people get a hold of me like that's my you know online persona okay all right well whatever it doesn't really matter the answer is it doesn't matter you're you're, you're killing them you're killing them um so I was actually uh I showed your um page to my buddy in um uh Canada day and he was like yo I never seen this I was like, yeah I was like you're gonna love this you're gonna love this I, I ship like, worldwide yeah. say again I ship worldwide hey <laughs> <laughs> that's cool um thank oh and I wanted to because your day job how do you describe mm -hmm. that what's it called again my job title is social yes. scientist Ooh. for the National Weather Service, Alaska region. My academic background is in applied anthropology. My elevator speech is uh, I'm here to figure out ways to improve our forecasts for rural residents in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like as far as improving that? It's um, a lot of networking, community outreach, um, introducing people. For example, the latest win, I call it a win for me. I think this is one of the things I'm most proud of, honestly. Um, I introduced my friends at Office of Subsistence Management, which is a line office of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, to our climate specialist. And they have created a new partnership where our climate specialist, his name's Brian, Brian is now giving presentations to, um, well, they're called council meetings, folks who have been elected or selected um, from communities to represent folks who utilize specific species of fish and wildlife for cultural survival. 
they have created a partnership to connect forecasting climate and forecasting food security to communities. For, for example, if we are expecting a huge snowpack, if we're expecting more snow than last year, we want hunters to understand that is the forecast for the winter because hunters who have been utilizing the land for however long they or their ancestors have been understand moose behavior in relation to snowfall. So understanding the environmental aspect helps families understand where and how they are able to prioritize their needs um, in terms of how much meat they're able to get. If there's gonna be so much snow, do they need to shift their priority to harvesting a different species type thing? Forecasting for sea ice is the same. So forecasting upon when the ice will reach a specific location changes behavior of seal, walrus, bear, whale, and those species that are hunted for either, you know, sport commercial, fisheries, cultural needs, you know, more information means safer decisions. And the at the bot at the end of the day, the mission statement for the weather service is protect lives and property. So that was something that I did. <laughs> Connected yeah, those two. It sounded like you just really changed the world. I'm really proud of what Alaska region is able to do yeah, for, for sure. our residents. I'm very awesome. happy with my job. I'm very proud of what I do. That's awesome. Thank you for changing the world. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say Alaskans are resilient. We'll always be. Thanks, you know, to these practices that have been going on since time immemorial. And so really, I just want to thank Alaskans right now for their resilience and their commitment to their families and communities. That's why we're successful as an agency. Wow. What's a day in the life of, um, what's a day in the life for you? As far as like, uh, you know, you don't have to go into work, but maybe just like your work balance life. Cause you know, all I know is from what I see on TV, I don't really know anything about um, Alaska or Alaska people? Well, my work balance right now is a little tricky because I'm doing community work. So I'm in a community um, called Melakatla. It's the only reservation in Alaska. And um, I'm here staffing the station by myself. So I don't have any colleagues right now that I work with face-to-face, -face, so that's challenging. I'm thankful for COVID because it allowed our agency to recognize the power of teleworking and Zoom calls, so I'm able to stay connected with my colleagues that way. The challenge when I'm doing this type of field work is um, you know, finding that balance. So some techniques that I've been able to utilize are where I'm sitting right now, I only sit in this exact chair when I'm working. Um, and I don't sit here like when I'm not working. Um, I do really well, like interacting with my supervisor. So if I'm feeling like I need not a virtual hug by any means, but like a thing of approval, I feel like I'm getting imposter syndrome because I'm not present he'll say, well, these are some things that maybe you could think about. Maybe you are doing a really good job and you're actually experiencing burnout. Maybe you should chill for a day, take a sick leave, you know, or um, interacting with the community can also be considered work. So that's like a little tricky because I'm always and never working when I'm doing this type of community work. So there's been a few times where I went over to the next town um, called Ketchikan. And I made the mistake. I was at a bar. I was off work. Okay. 
just for the record, it was a weekend. And this group of um, folks were, you know, wanting to talk with me about a storm that they witnessed and experienced off Kodiak, which is another island, um, where I'm doing a project on freezing spray, which when your boat experiencing experiences this phenomenon freezing spray, it changes the density of your boat. And so you have to pay extra attention to your buoyancy because it's life or, life or death. It, it can be at those times. And I had, I said, I don't, I don't want to work right now. And they're like, well, we are trying to tell you some things right now. And so I said, all right, <laughs> go. Let's hear it. That's funny. <laughs> so keeping in mind that phrase I said earlier, I'm always and never working. When I recognize that I'm not working, I celebrate that. And when I recognize that I am working, I celebrate that. It's just a work in progress and it's boundary work, you right, know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so where can the folks find your stickers and um, how can they reach out to you? And do you do personalized stickers? Do you do that type of thing? Yes. Um, to answer your questions in the order in which they were asked, Ooh. you can find me on Instagram, um, like Sopo Art. My last name is spelled Sopal. Um, so you can hit me up. I love it when people slide into my DMs. You know what I'm saying? I slid in your DMs. We were talking yes. about Yes. And thank you for that. I really got a lot of self-esteem boost from from you reaching out to me. I really appreciate anytime anyone comes at me with a comment, even if it could be perhaps critical. Ooh, it helps me learn to grow. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> um, you asked me if I do personal work. I do. I do customs and I take my customs very seriously. For the most part, I do boat work. Um, captains and crew send pictures of their gill netters, their saners, their longliners, their crabbers, their tenders. Um, I've done a trawler, which I wasn't really like necessarily like into because of the economic impact. But hey, money is money, and she got bills, honey. And um, I charge I I charge I think a honest fee for that kind of labor and then it comes with stickers and the files so if you choose to do embroidery on like a rain gear hats or whatever you will own the rights you have the copyright okay. I also do I also do customs for female shaped clients you know pinup girl style is what I mean by female shaped um I I'm happy to do males as well or any other identifying being. Um, I've done pets, but the thing I like most about doing the client work of the human body is the trust that I'm able to build with my client or friend. And I work from photos. So I, you know, I take this trust very seriously. Um, I never share any of the drawings that I do with anyone, it is strictly for the customer and who they choose to share it with, but they're so sexy. Gosh, I always want to just like showcase them to the world, but no, I won't. Um, I think the most exciting thing recently is someone reached out wanting to do some spear fishing, like it was a stripper pole and hot. Okay. <laughs> And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Roger that. Got you. Got you. That's cool, though. Um, but, yeah, one thing we didn't talk about is um, with social media comes the pros and cons. And yeah. I'm pretty sure everything is not positive. Correct. How do you handle that? Um, well, the the first thing that happens when I read a comment like that is my stomach drops um and I go a little numb and I get cold and I panic and then I 
sit with the feeling of how my art impacted somebody in a way that they didn't feel comfortable with. It never feels good. However, I do not have to accept comments as my burden to bear. I think some people who choose to state that what I'm doing is violence against women are unable to, at least I'm unable to find a way to continue the conversation in a way that I can learn more. Because in my opinion, the violence against women is done by the sexual predator. And the things that I do have full consent. And whether or not someone wants to sit with the way that my drawing made them feel is not my business. I did get into some trouble um, with experimenting with drawing bodies that were of color. And I learned that that is inappropriate. And that was like painful for me to experience. When I was reaching out to my friends who are also artists, I was getting mixed reviews of, well, you're an artist, so you can draw however you're feeling. And I think they were being my friends and being very supportive, um, but I feel like I did do something wrong. And uh, that was an incredible painful thing for me to realize is that maybe I was perpetuating harm. And that's, that's a responsibility on an artist to recognize that there is power in art and illustrations. Whether or not I think of myself as powerful is, re is not, not recognized by the person who is feeling something. And so I do wanna take this time to admit that I did something wrong and I'm, and I want to learn more and it's hard to find in my experience, actually, if I may speak really candidly for a second, I think it's really hard to find someone that you, that I know that will say, yeah, you did something that was fucked up because they're just trying to be supportive of me. And really what I need is someone to be like radically honest. And that's, that's a challenge for me to find. And I'll so I, really I'm sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but I'll introduce you to my wife. She, she <laughs> She gives it all. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm like human. I make mistakes, and I think what's important is to recognize what happens the moment someone calls you out on a mistake. Like, do you double down or do you like reflect? And so I'm I'm human. I'm learning, you know, and I and I want to do no harm. I just don't know when I'm causing harm all the time. That's powerful. That's powerful. Thank you. Um, that that. That says a lot about you, honestly. And, um, you know, and as an artist, you know, and it's only going to make you a better person or a better artist going forward. And I wish you all the luck. And uh, we're going to be talking real soon because we got to get some oysters on there. And we got to get some oyster ninja. Like, I'm really thinking, like, I'm really. All right. So here's my thing. I paid this guy some money because. And not saying that you could do it, but I need to pay somebody something. I wanted to revamp my Oyster Ninja logo, and I wanted to come up with a, a logo for SS Shuckin, and I wanted to do some other stuff because, you know, I do T-shirts and things. And I'm tired of using Canva because I'm not artistic at all, okay? But I can, I can you know, emulate. Uh, I can make it look like I can do some graphics. Uh, but... No, we're, we're going to definitely talk. And um, thank you for taking time out uh, of your day. Is there anything else you want to lay on the table? Because I'm here for it. I'll be on the East Coast. Mm. East in Coast. a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. okay. I have a wedding in Brooklyn, obviously. And then I am going to spend some time exploring some seafood. And so I'm really excited to see how the East Coast seafood fishing industry is. You know, I hope, I hope y'all will, 
like welcome me with open arms. I'm excited. I'm going to come up with some lobster designs to just share with new friends that I make on my little trip. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see your side because <laughs> I'm a West Coast girl. Right. I hope you share that in your um, social media, like your stories and you don't do reels, do you? I do when I don't. Okay. All right. Okay. I do when I do. Right. And I don't usually. That's fair. <laughs> that is very fair. I, You're I, um, words. I want to do reels. Uh, prior, the audience is unaware of this fact, but prior to us hitting the record button, I was explaining how my mom recently passed. And so doing a video is really tough for me right now. Um, it's hard to be that extra when I could just post a picture. Since she passed, I've really hardly been active. Um, I'm trying to put myself back out there, uh, but I just, I also want to take this time to just sit and breathe and just be. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with just being. I mean, everybody, yeah. I mean, really just being is underestimated as like, exactly as, as we talked earlier, um, just being like, wow, that's so powerful. How yeah. can you just be and not be, um, you know, mind boggled and mind manipulated by everything else that's going on in the world. So just being, I love it. Just be, just be kitty. Okay. Just be. Yeah. And when a real comes, it comes. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. Period. All right. And um, thank you for having me. This was an incredible opportunity for me to make a new friend. Hey. Um, <laughs> I'm like a total nerd about networking. It's like, so thank you for this opportunity. Really, I feel like I'm a better person for it. For sure. And to all my listeners and viewers. Um, send me an email at oysterninjabc at gmail.com. Let me know how you like, disliked this episode. I want to know, cause I want to start doing different things. Like this is uh nautical and naughty and or naughty and nautical. Um, but there's so many lanes and avenues, uh, in this aquaculture world. And, uh, I love it all. And, um, you know, I'm not a art person, but I can recognize talent and I can recognize when something is different and special and Kitty has that. And I wanted to bring um, her story to your listening ears and eyes. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Kitty. Thank you for having me. And thank you to the listeners for making it through this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until the next time, um, y'all be good and uh, go leave a review on this podcast. Uh, I said it in the beginning. I'm going to say it at the end. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media, um, Oyster Ninja PC. Uh, leave a review on your listening platform. Um, you got any call to actions, Kitty? Um, how about reduce your waste? Ooh. Uh oh. And give thanks. Give thanks. Oh, and don't be afraid to love yourself. Yeah. And just the government be. and the corporations are going to try and tell you to get on a diet and buy this stupid mascara, bitch. You're sexy. I think we need to leave with that. That's going to be my intro. <laughs>